By the time you're listening to this, I just wanted to say that I know that I should have uploaded this podcast episode in like a month ago. <laughs> it, it, it is hard to keep things consistent, my man. It's just that I've been really lazy, you know, these past several weeks. I have been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey nonstop. It is an amazing amazing game and I couldn't put my controller down. It is a huge game, like the open world is massive and there's lots of stuff to do in this open world. Uh, it's bigger than Red Dead Redemption 2, I think. Bigger than GTA 5, most likely, yeah. And by the way, Ancient Greece is absolutely B-E-A beautiful. I mean, this... Oh. The open world in this game is majestic. The lighting, the landscapes, you know, the temples, uh, the architecture, the statues, the sea, the ocean, it's all overwhelming. This game is overwhelming. I mean, at first when I got this game, well, technically my brother got it, but yeah, I was like very skeptical at first because I've seen the gameplay and I was like, this isn't Assassin's Creed. I guess I was used to the genre of the previous Assassin's Creed games, where it was just this action-adventure game. It was cinematic. And you're an actual assassin, like a literal assassin, because in this game, the Assassin's Assassin Brotherhood wasn't even formed yet. So yeah, I was skeptical when I saw the floating numbers whenever the player hits an enemy, and I'm like, oh no, they turned it into one of those. I mean, I like RPG games, RPG, action RPG games, but in Assassin's Creed, it's just, I don't know. I was like, Assassin's Creed is different, all right? It's not an RPG game. But yeah, in this game, they added RPG elements to it, and playing the first missions, I just turned off my PS4 because I wasn't a fan of the change of direction they gave this franchise. I was like, I'm not gonna play this game ever again. I haven't played it since I got it in February. Then, I saw the Valhalla trailer and it got me really hyped. I like Vikings. It was nice that they chose the Middle Ages for the setting, you know? And I swear to God, after watching that trailer, I swear to God, my copy, my physical copy of Assassin's Creed Odyssey talked to me. It's Dusty Cover talked to me and said, Hey Reese, give me another shot. Maybe I'm not as bad as you think. yeah, I put it in, I play it through the first missions, and I'm like, Yo! Thi this? I didn't expect it to be this good. Why was this just sitting in my drawer? This is a fucking gem. Uh, I highly recommend this game if you're a fan of The Witcher 3, Skyrim, I love those games. I bet that you'd really like this game too. So, give it a shot, I swear, you won't regret it. If you've been following me for a while on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, you probably already know that I am a voiceover talent. I refer to myself as an actual voiceover talent because I get paid to do voiceovers. There's actual income there. The client sends me a script, sometimes I do some proofreading, then I record and edit the voiceover here in my studio slash bedroom. 
Sometimes I meet with a client, then we do the recording at a rented studio. I gotta say, I gotta admit, I hate recording studios. All right, it's just, it takes a lot of time for the producers and the sound people to do a mic check. You know, they take forever to set everything up, and those studios are really expensive. That's why, as much as possible, I take remote gigs where I could work remotely in the comfort of my bedroom, in my underpants, while drinking cold milk. I like my milk cold. So yeah, um, this episode isn't going to be like me teaching you how to become a voiceover talent. All right, this isn't gonna be like, uh, hey, this is what you do to start being a voiceover talent or a voice actor. Step one. No, um, it's not gonna be one of those because I believe that I'm not, I'm not in the position. I'm not ready to give out advice yet. This isn't going to be one of those tutor tutorials or whatever. I just wanted to share my experience in the industry to you guys, and maybe, yeah, who knows? Maybe you'll learn something. I haven't, and I'm not trying to be humble or modest, but I believe that I haven't gotten that much of an experience yet. You know, I mean, I've been on commercials, you know, ads, corporate videos. I've done tons of internal AVPs. I've worked with aspiring filmmakers, etc., etc. So yeah, I I don't feel like I'm in the pos position to give out advice because I haven't really gotten that big break yet that changed my career. I haven't gotten that, you know, Troy Baker, Don LaFontaine breakthrough yet. Man, nobody can be as good as Troy Baker. That guy's everywhere. That guy's a living legend. I love that guy. So yeah, I've only been doing this for like, what, three years now? Two years professionally? It all started in 2017. I was going through a breakup. I laid off of college for a while. I was working night shifts, man. 1 a.m. to 11 a.m. I worked in one of those call centers for a bit, which was a real pain in the ass. All right, I was fatigued. It's, it's terrible, man, working at a call center. It's, it's tiring. It sucks the soul out of you, let me tell you. Expecto Patronum! So yeah, I, I just had to get out of there. I had to get out of that job. But it was nice, you know, it was a nice experience. Um, I made a bunch of friends, and they're nice and interesting people. But yeah, I guess I stopped schooling. I was in the middle of college when I took this job. Uh, because um, I stopped schooling because, you know, I was young. I was stupid. I wanted to make my own money right now. I want my own money. I want to buy stuff. Even though it was minimum wage, it was nice that I was buying myself all these kinds of crap. You know, I bought a lot of video games. I was stupid. I was immature. I was a stupid, immature 18-year-old. Right? But yeah, during my time at that company, a lot of my co-workers and friends told me that, Hey, your voice is great. They said that, Hey, that's a sexy, sexy voice you got there. I want to make love to your voice. I don't want to make love to your penis, but I want to fuck your voice. Yeah, they didn't really say those words. They just told me that I really had the knack for it. You know, that I got the accent. You sound like a native English speaker for a Filipino. And normally, when I receive a compliment, I would just immediately doubt myself. Like, you know, Hey Reese, you got an amazing voice. Oh, stop it. Come on, stop it. But then for the very first time, I just went, thank you. 
when I was doing some of my impressions, you know, we were introducing ourselves, and then the introducee has to show off a talent. You know, it was, it was the first day, okay? And yeah, I, I told myself, hey, maybe I really am good. So I might as well try making a career out of it. So after I quit my job a few months later in that call center, nearly out of savings, I got myself a budget studio condenser microphone. And as soon as I hooked it into my computer, I just stared at my scream and found myself, where the fuck do I start? How do I start? <laughs> yeah, uh, if everyone goes through that, don't worry, it's not just you. So I watched some YouTube videos, that's what I did. I did a lot of research. I googled how to become a voiceover artist in the Philippines, you know? Um, how does one become, how does one hone his voice, you know? Um, I, I watched dozens and dozens of voiceover tutorials, voice impressions. I watched this movie called In a World. In a world where both of our cars were totally underwater. I highly recommend it if you want to get started in the voiceover industry. It's not an amazing movie per se, but it's okay. It's okay because there aren't a lot of movies about the voiceover industry. There's like zero movies about that. So it's nice that there's a voiceover, voice acting focused film like this out there. It, it's an indie movie, right? It's about a um, it's about a struggling voice actress in Los Angeles. So you know the competition stuff. It's L.A. man. But yeah, you know it's, it revolves around this character. She has to land this gig. Yeah, go watch it if you want to feel motivated or inspired to go into the voiceover industry, the voiceover business. Also, check out Crashing on HBO, dude. It's about this unemployed Christian nut who relies on his wife's low income. Um, and he also lives in her house, I guess. I can't remember, but yeah, I, I remember having a good time watching this. Yeah, um, it's about this dude... Christian nut who gave up his miserable life to pursue the thing he's most passionate about, which is stand-up comedy. And it's really inspiring. Although he ends up crashing in other people's houses, it's still very inspiring. It's it's an, it's nice, it's great writing. I think it's low-key trying to tell you to not pursue your dreams if you don't want to end up homeless, you know? But no, it's it's really good. Check it out. It's good comedy. By the way, a nickel's worth of free advice, you can take it or not. Don't make your voiceover career be your only stream of income. You know, don't make a full-time thing out of this, because it's not a steady stream. If you're about to start, don't put all your money and all of your time and the whole shebang on voice acting, on voiceovers, because it's not a surefire way to become a successful voice actor. Alright, not everyone is... Troy Baker, not everyone is Nolan North. Crap. You gotta take your time to build your career. You gotta take your time on your investing, finance-wise, time-wise. You shouldn't exclusively rely on your voiceover business. That's the first thing I learned when I joined this voiceover workshop that I attended a while back. Uh, we'll get to that later. But yeah, it's important that you always have another stream of income. You don't want to be chasing for a gig. You still need to eat, all right? You still need to pay rent. So keep that in mind. Anyway, I also learned how to get started with Adobe Audition, which is this digital 
audio workstation by Adobe, obviously. Duh. I prefer Audition over Audacity because for me personally, I, I tried both for a while and Audition has just got a lot of features up its sleeve. It's easier to control, it feels cleaner than Audacity, feels more modern. Although it took me a while to edit at ease with Audition compared to Audacity. Because you know, Audition, it's an Adobe program. It's a bit complicated when you first see it. But once you get used to it, you know, you know what the buttons do and what the tools do, then you're okay. I mean, it's not as hard as it looks. Don't get intimidated by it at first sight. You just gotta watch the tutorials, trust me. So yeah, if it's skill that you want to earn, like every skill, you gotta practice it, man. You gotta study it. You gotta make mistakes. And I know it's a hackneyed statement by now, but there's no other way in saying it, man. It's the only way to earn yourself a skill. By practicing, by making mistakes, you know? I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not going to even think about it. I'm not gonna say it. Practice makes perfect. Damn it! So I ask myself, how does one call himself or herself a voiceover talent? By getting paid to do voiceovers, of course. How does one get paid to do voiceovers? By auditioning! And how does one audition for voiceovers? Blowjobs! No, Ryan, not blowjobs. Voiceover demo reels. So what is a voiceover demo reel? A voiceover demo reel is basically a free sample. It's a taste test, if you will, for your potential buyers. You're basically, you're basically giving out cheese samples and off-brand whiskey at the grocery store. But instead of cheese and whiskey, it's your majestic, sublime, butter to the ears, voice acting talent. And instead of a grocery store, it's the freaking internet. Your demo reel is an audio file. It could be an MP3, it could be a WAV file. Hell, I don't give a damn. Put it on a cassette tape. It basically contains a compilation of your voiceovers in your portfolio. Your select voiceovers. Make sure it's only the best ones, all right? So yeah, a voiceover demo reel. Um, it gives your potential client an idea on what kind of voice you have going on over there. It gives them an idea of your vocal range. So a voiceover demo reel could be up to 60 seconds. It'll be amazing if you keep it nice and brief, to be honest. But for me personally, I yank it up to a minute and 50. <laughs> because I like to put my one-two punch into it. It's my moment to flex my voice, my man. So you gotta make room to flex. Your demo reel can contain your name, your contact info, your email address. It's totally up to you. But time is of the essence, my guy. A listener doesn't want to hear about your hobbies of collecting bottle caps or Renaissance Fair reenactments. Enough, Reggie. Your home address in the next 15 seconds. It's time to flex your voice to a potential client. All right, so you flex it as soon as you can. So I would recommend just saying your name, your first name and your last name, but let's hope your name isn't something like, you know, um, Gene Genevieve Prescott, Santa Maria, uh, Esteban III, Jr. But no, um, 
I would recommend just saying your name in the first second of that demo reel, then put in your voice over compilations, all right? And then send it to your client, your potential client. But yeah, I know what you're thinking. What did I put on my demo reel before I got my first gig? I mean, this is like the first time I'm doing this. What am I gonna put in my demo reel if I don't have anything in my portfolio yet? So what I did before I got my first gig is I looked up voiceover scripts online on the internet. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of them on the internet. Commercials, you know, radio commercials, monologues, walkthroughs and tutorials, audiobooks, etc, etc. There's like hundreds of them out there. Yeah, after I found myself some scripts, I turned those scripts into actual commercials. All right, I put in background music. I put in sound effects, you know, the works. If the script calls for two or three characters, I just, I just change my voice. I lower my voice. And sometimes, I go higher. That, that's not very high. I had milk. And sometimes, I add in a little accent if it needs some spice, you know, to give it a little kick, you know, just season the damn thing. My dearest McDonald's all-day breakfast, I can't get enough of you. Your sweet, fluffy hotcakes, the golden perfection of your hash browns, and a cool, refreshing Dr. Pepper all-day breakfast. I see you're busy. Are you coming with us at McDonald's? Oh, hey, boss. I was just working on a report. Wait, did you say McDonald's? Yeah, and I think that fluffy hotcakes report of yours can't wait. McDonald's all-day breakfast menu may vary by location. So... Yeah, before I actually made my first demo reel, all I did was create and create voiceovers and upload them to a little site called SoundCloud. Alright, I turn scripts into commercials, sometimes I read monologues and just add background music, but I choose the right type of music of course, you know, something that matches the mood of the monologue. I also did voice impressions. I recreated the Mission Briefing and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Mission Impossible Fallout. In as little as 72 hours, these devices would be man-portable and deployable anywhere on Earth overnight. In the hands of John Lark and the Apostles, these weapons represent an unprecedented threat to countless millions. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to prevent the Apostles from acquiring plutonium using any means at your disposal. If you or any members of your IMF team are caught or killed, the Secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. Good luck, Ethan. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. I also attended this voice acting basic workshop for beginners down in a little city called Pasai. It's called Voiceworks by Creative Voices, which is like the first ever voice acting voiceover school in the Philippines founded by a legendary man in a Philippine voice acting community, Pocholo Gonzalez. In this basic workshop, I got to be more confident with my voice acting. It really improved me, not just my voice acting skills, but as a, as a person, it, it really improved my social skills. Because I am a huge introvert. So going in here, I was a shy motherfucker, let me tell you. Um, our teachers, teachers, I don't know a better term, apprentice, Jedi apprentice, no, no, um, teacher will work, I guess, um, yeah, 
Our teachers are these Filipino voice acting voiceover legends, all right? You can hear their voices everywhere on TV, you know, radio. Hell, you can hear their voices in the train, in the freaking LRT. You know the announcer voice you hear when you're riding a train and the train is arriving at a specific station? Uh, yeah, we also did voice activities, you know. I got to meet some interesting people. It was fun. They taught us how to actually read scripts properly. Uh, they taught us about the different kinds of microphones, you know, their polar patterns, the difference between a condenser and a dynamic microphone. Nothing I didn't already know. <laughs> a few of these stuff are things that I've already looked up on on the internet uh, beforehand. But yeah, not to brag, not important. But yeah, I got to hear interesting stories about the teachers' experiences in the industry, alright? I learned about their mistakes in the industry and how they picked themselves up. They told us about the things they had to go through to make it as voiceover artists. And that's always very motivating and very inspiring to hear. Mr. Brian Ligsai, Sir Brian, shout out to that man. If you guys entered the voice works, voice acting workshop, Sir Brian, he's your guy. He's very affable, he's easy to talk to, he's friendly, and this goes without saying, his voice is just amazing. Alright, if you live in the Philippines, there's no doubt about it, you've heard his voice on TV or on the radio at least once. This guy is literally everywhere and you don't even know it. He's, he's, he's behind me right now, isn't he? No, um, by everywhere, I mean his voice is literally everywhere, alright? He did the LRT thing, I think he did the Transformers video game, uh, but the most iconic role, the most memorable role for me that he did, you may have already seen this too, um, was that one Cornetto commercial that he was on back in 2010 or I think 2009? I distinctly remember the year it came out because that was such a very iconic commercial in Philippine culture, alright? Everybody knows this commercial and seeing that commercial for the first time, my 11 or 12 year old brain was really intrigued. You know that one commercial, the one that goes, You know, the dude who wants to go into this nightclub but the bouncer outside stops him? Yeah, that was him. That was his voice. Okay, I just got word that he actually has his own thing now at a little studio called The Mothership. Mothership Recording Studios in Quezon City. Alright, he also has voice acting classes, voice acting programs. Um, yeah, so check that out if you want. I'm not a sponsor or anything, I'm not some sort of psychophant, I'm not being a kiss-ass either. I haven't even met with Sir Brian in years since my basic workshop back in 2018. Now this guy, he really knows his shit, alright? I'm talking about this guy a lot because I learned a lot of things from him. Essential, useful things that I now use as a voiceover artist. Even if, like, me and my bash only met him in this workshop three times. But yeah, that's what you really need right now if you want to begin your voiceover career. Is to learn from someone that actually knows their shit. And Sir Brian Ligsai, he knows his shit. Trust me. Alright, now I'm going to talk about my first ever actual voiceover gig. Emphasis on actual. 
because before I entered this workshop, I've actually gotten a couple of quote-unquote gigs at this website called Freelancer. And by the way, I highly do not recommend Freelancer because the pay is terrible and you can barely get any gigs from it. Plus, there's this whole monthly subscription. It is difficult to get gigs on that site. It's almost impossible to get gigs on there. On any content mill, to be honest, because they're always going to hire that guy that bids with the five stars, all right? And they're not going to listen to your demo reel if you've got three reviews. So I would stay away from content mills. You're worth more than five bucks, 250 paces per thousand words, my guy. All right, you, you, you're a classy bra, you don't swallow, you spit, okay? Remember that, you are a classy broad. Hey guys, this is Reese, two days after recording that episode, and let me tell you, I am tired. Well, I'm always tired. I decided to split this podcast episode into two, well, podcast episodes. You've listened to part one of two. Part two is coming sometime in the next week, hopefully. If I don't get tempted to play video games again, all day, every day, in the next episode, I will be talking about the story of my first gig. How I got it, what gig was it, and how it changed my career forever. I will also be talking about my current situation as a voiceover talent, I will be talking about some of my favorite gigs, and yes, I have not forgotten about your voice impression requests. I am recording them right now as we speak. Hey, I'm only one man, alright? Give me a break. I have received your requests, and I can't wait to show them to you. I don't know what to put on my outro, I guess I'll just put a voiceover I did back then. Anyway, see you guys very, very soon. This summer, James Bond, the 25th film, License to Kill, will change. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Everything. No Time to Die. Rated PG-13. Get your tickets now.